Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Chamber Breakers, presented by Verizon Business and Yahoo Finance. I'm Leanna Brinded, head of Yahoo Finance UK. And I'm Xavier White, CSR and Innovation Marketing Manager at Verizon Business. During this series, Liana and I will be inviting thought leaders to break the echo chamber surrounding key societal issues. This season, we're focused on corporate social responsibility, education and the workforce at a time of a global crisis. We're delighted to welcome Esther Wojcicki, a journalist and award-winning educator who has been dubbed the godmother of Silicon Valley. Esther is also the mother of YouTube CEO Susan, 23andMe founder Anne, and anthropologist and epidemiologist Janet. Esther is one of the foremost experts in preparing children and adults to succeed. So take it away, Esther. Well, thank you very much for that kind introduction. I'm very excited to be here with both of you. And I am also excited to be able to give my, give you the message that I've provided in my book. And this is kind of like just a short version to help you get more excited about what I'm doing. So um, I've been a teacher in the classroom for 40 years and my students have also profited from this methodology pedagogy that I've used. And so I've come to the conclusion after all those years that in fact it works um, because it's been a long time and also worked on my children and also worked on, on a lot of my students. And that's where the title Godmother of Silicon Valley came from because so many of my students coming out of that program became very successful entrepreneurs or professionals. And so that's, that's it. That's the key. So the book is called How to Raise Successful People, Simple Lessons for Radical Results. And the lessons are really simple. And some people might overlook them and say, oh, that's so simple. It doesn't really matter. And so I'd like to bring that to your attention because it does matter. The lessons are encapsulated in this acronym that I created for the book to help everybody remember what I said. And the acronym is TRIC, stands for Trust, Respect, Independence, Collaboration, and Kindness. And what I say is that it's really important for you as parents to develop trust and respect for your children when they are young and give them independence collaborate with them, don't dictate and tell them what to do all the time, and treat them with kindness, no matter what they do. You know, you want to show them kindness. Because through this method of mine, where you give them this opportunity to believe in themselves and do more and more things independently, they develop self-respect, self-respect and self-love. And that is one of the most important things a person can have when they're an adult. And when you don't respect yourself, it's hard to respect someone else. It, it's, you know, you give respect and you get respect. 
But if you're not in a position to give respect, it's hard to get respect. And so then people get into, as adults, very difficult situations. And it could be your interpersonal situation with the person that you live with or you're connected with, can be at work, can be in school, and also it's especially apparent when kids are teenagers because, you know, they, they want to be respected. They want to be trusted. And the more control you put on your child, the less respect there's going to be and they break all the rules and then they don't talk to you. And then you wonder like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? Why won't my child talk to me? You know, I spent my whole life taking care of them and now they won't talk to me. And not only that, they're running away and doing all sorts of things I don't want them to do. It's because the, the communication channel is broken. It's closed because there was no communication. It was just you, the parent, saying no all the time. And as long as you say no all the time, I can tell you, <laughs> the kid's not going to talk to you. Why talk to somebody who says no all the time? And in the work world, it's the same thing. Why talk to your manager who always puts you down? I'm also doing something called Trick for Corporations. And it's like how to work effectively with people in your workplace. I mean, nobody is selling their soul for a salary. Let's treat people with kindness. I mean, we tr need to treat each other with kindness because that's what makes it work. So uh, we've got a lot of common problems facing the world, a lot of them. Um, number one, of course, is climate change and, of course, the pandemic. We need kids who are going to be able to work together to solve these problems. It's very simple. And so we need to empower our kids, our children, to be the best they can be and to work together cooperatively with other people in the world. So um, I will just explain one more little thing that I've been working on, just so you know. Um, it's an, an app that I developed just recently, over the last three months in the pandemic started, for kids. And um, it's called Tract, T-R-A-C-T dot app. And the goal of this is to give kids an opportunity to explore, empower them, and to play. It's a kind of a learning game to help kids learn and have a good time. And it's by kids for kids. So in other words, it's produced by teenagers. And the, as I said, the goal is to empower those kids, give them a choice of what they want to do, be on a path together with them, and let them collaborate. So I'd just like to advise people to go online and check it out. You know, I'm trying to save all these kids. You know, this is, of course, a very big goal, but I'm not giving up. I'm just, you know, it's, it's something that I'm passionate about helping kids in the world. And so this is one of the ways that I'm doing it. That's incredibly powerful. And thank you so much, Esther, for that. That was um, brilliant. There's so much that we need to unpack here. And of course, we definitely want to delve into trick. But before we get to that, I know that as you're saying and looking into future, there's so much that needs to be done. 
Um, and I know that several years ago, you did say that the number one problem in the US in particular um, is its education system. So with everything that you've been working on with all your students as well, but with how you've seen the world change over the years, especially this year with the pandemic and the focus on climate change and everything like that, have you seen any broad improvements over the last few years? And if so, is it only in certain areas or sectors? So over the last year, since the pandemic started, I have seen enormous shift in education. And it's not because people wanted to change, it's because they had to change. All of a sudden they couldn't go to class. And now suddenly they have to learn online and you have to trust that they're going to show up. And we have here in the US, about 40% of the kids don't show up. But uh, I, I think we have an opportunity now because the whole system's been disrupted. So you shouldn't let a big sort of crisis like this go to waste. We have to now learn new ways to educate. And prior to the pandemic, people were moving in this direction that I'm talking about they were moving the direction of giving kids more control. But now they don't have a choice. So I think that's, that is the main thing that is happening. And the question is how to do it effectively online. So for school districts or schools that are still doing it a traditional way, I think I just advise them they have to rethink what they're doing. And because you cannot continue to do it the way that you've been doing it. it. It, the society and the world and the environment has just changed too much. You've said so much there, so many amazing things, moving things, sad things. Um, but one thing that I thought was really interesting is how you, you touched on almost deinstitutionalizing learning and education and how that leads to empowerment. And then also on the responsibility issue, how you know, if this were a lesson right now, I, I wouldn't know if you were doing the homework. And I wonder if we're moving away from sort of a learning institution model where there's all the, the negative connotations of that and where kids have that resistance to want to learn and they want to have more fun. Do you think there's a responsibility of tech companies to step in in some way and try and help with, with facilitation of the new model of learning? Yes, I do. I think that that's basically exactly what I think, because there's a lot of tech out there that can be used to help kids learn. Um, and that's what we tried to, that tracked.app is a tech company. And, but there's a lot of tech companies out there that can help. So tech can help us. I mean, just like, you know, tech helps you cook. You know, if you want to know how to cook something, you go online and look up recipes. Um, there's a lot of advantages to using tech appropriately. We don't just have to use tech, you know, to, to listen to music, watch videos and play games. There's a lot more to it. And one of the things that I did with all my students every year, I did it over and over was to teach them how to get the information they wanted. It's the power of search. And that is one of the things that's so important. How do you search intelligently? And how do you analyze the results of your search? Because you get a lot of stuff and how do you know what to believe and how do you know what not to believe? So yes, tech companies can make a huge impact. 
and I would like to encourage as many people listening to this as possible to think about what they're doing in tech that can possibly help a wider range of people and all over the world, not just in your local community. There's another facet to um, what you're talking about, and I, I do want to center on some of the um, the trick strategy um, that you talk about in your book, and of course, um, how this all pertains to, um, you know, growing uh, successful children in the uh, wider world of work later. Um, and one of the key components that um, seems to bring out is financial freedom as well, which um, not only helps uh, children, but also as deriving adults. So can you talk a bit about when it comes to the education and future-proofing children, how important financial freedom is to that um, and how important that is at what stage in order to foster independence? Well, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is one of the main things I did with my children. You know, they had early on when they were like eight or nine years old, they got an allowance and the allowance it was not in exchange for doing chores, by the way. They were all supposed to be part of a team. I said, you don't pay me for being your mom. So, you know, you just cooperate. But they all got an allowance and then they had to um, figure out how they were going to spend it or save it or whatever. And that made a huge difference in their lives because they all learned the power of com compounding. And if they would save it, what difference that might have made. Um, I mean, they didn't get a lot of money, but back then for them, they would get like $5. And, you know, they learned more about how to plan for the future with that simple little thing that I did than anything else. And also the other thing I did, which was a big risk that I did it um, with all the publications that I had. So now today there's about 10 of them, uh, magazines and newspapers. I basically said to the kids, you have to raise money to support this publication because what would happen if the school said they didn't have any more money to pay for it? Then your, your publication would fall apart, wouldn't be there. So every publication raised their own money to publish and they had a business manager and the business manager gave reports to the kids all the time. Kids learned to sell advertising. They learned to keep track of how much money that it took. And that information helped so many of them in their lives. So all kids need financial literacy. And just go online and look up financial literacy for kids. I am sure there are a lot of apps out there. And all parents should be using these apps to help their kids uh, plan for the future. Yes, I did it all the time. It's just part of life. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I love that. I, I think what you, you've done is brilliant. And it actually made me think it's a lot like almost putting kids on a grad scheme before they're a graduate, which then reminded me of when you said that you're looking into to trick for business and, and starting to do that. And grad schemes are, are much like parents i did the verizon grad scheme and that's how i i learned to be sitting where i am today but do you think that means that companies need to not treat their employees when they're young like children but take that same trick approach when somebody's fresh out of school college university and run through the very same process to help grow an independent worker again thank you very much for this question honestly because that's exactly right you have to treat your employees especially your young employees with trust and respect so i think in a company the most important thing the ceo can do is build a community of trust trust and respect and then also give those employees an opportunity to be creative by forgiving them if they make any kind of mistake. No one wants to make a mistake. No one wants to be wrong. But And so forgiveness and kindness is so important. And being able to realize that, you know, we're all working together. We all have either a common service or product or country or whatever our goal is. And in order to reach that goal, we need collaboration and we need independence. Just think about creativity. When you're creative, the main thing you're doing is something new, something brand new. And if you're doing something new, <clears throat> nobody else has done it before. So you're making yourself vulnerable. And so you have to treat people who are creative with respect and give them some leeway. Otherwise you're not gonna have any creativity. People are just going to follow the rules all the time because they're going to be afraid of being ridiculed or afraid of, you know, losing their job or afraid of anything. So creativity is fostered in an environment of trust and respect. And so, um, and that's what we all need today. My goodness, we need more trust and respect so we can all come up with creative solutions for what we're all facing. Creativity is really at the core of everything, I think. And um, just as you said, especially when we're in a crisis, sometimes that actually can foster greater creativity um, because uh, uh, necessity, right, is the mother of all invention. And um, it allows um, a lot of new things to flourish. And so with that in mind, and I know that you've spoken about this in your book, it would be great to hear about moonshots. Um, you've mentioned that um, before in some of your work. And so for people who are listening, I think this ties in very well with the creative side. What are moonshots and how important is it, not just for the younger generations, but also when we talk about the corporate world, factoring in creativity and trust to do something with the fact that we still need to keep the lights on during a crisis? That's correct. So my first book was called, as you say, Moonshots in Education. And um, it was called, the tag was also Launching Blended Learning in the Classroom. 
and blended learning is a combination of traditional teaching methods with tech. And moonshots are just so important, not just in education, but they're important in all fields. Moonshots are basically uh, attempts to get to the moon, but figuratively. So um, in, I think it was 1961 that Kennedy said, we're going to the moon. And we're going to the moon not because it's easy, but because it's hard. And it's something that we have to do. And so we're going to do it. And that's what happened. And it was eight or nine years later that we had the first man on the moon. It was absolutely remarkable. But it took a tremendous amount of community effort to get to the moon. And that is what is required in every moonshot. You need to work together. You need to be collaborative. Anything new requires the your acceptance of yourself, your self-respect, and those around you that you're willing to take a risk and try it. And if you look at Steve Jobs and what he did, I mean, he made so many mistakes, incredible number. I mean, I've just been reading his biography again, and it's amazing to see what it took for him to get where he is or was. Um, and can you imagine our world today I mean, we would not be talking to each other right now on this, you know, video without having had Steve Jobs and what he tried to do. But if you look at his biography, you'll see that he believed in himself. And a lot of the problems that he came across, he just didn't care about what other people said. He was just focused on making a difference and coming up with these ideas that he believed in. And so... I think that's what we need to do today. And it's hard. It's really hard because um, it's not a straight path. And if the sooner that we can work together, I think the better off we're all going to be as a world. That's, that's really cool and really interesting. And actually, your own family, I mean, they've done amazingly when you look at it. You, your family is a result of a recipe for success, CEO of YouTube. CEO of 23andMe, assistant professor at University of California in San Francisco, and they're all your daughters. So when, as we wrap up, I wanted to just know, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned from not just talking about what you talk about, but implementing it, if you were to share that with our audience? So I think the biggest lesson is that it's hard. And, you know, getting to where you want to go is not simple and not trivial. Um, and my daughter's my daughters did rise to the top of their fields, all three of them. I mean, if I just think about my daughter, Anne, and 23andMe, I mean, when she first came out, I think it was within a year or two later that the federal government tried to shut her down. And they tried to shut it down by saying that we as citizens don't have the capacity to understand or to take care of our own DNA. We don't know how to do it, and we should never give people the right to know their own DNA. That was what she had to fight against. And, you know, finally, they reversed themselves. But, um, you know, it was not a fun time. And she was persistent. I'm just telling you, everybody, whatever you're trying to do, if you think it's going to be easy, think again. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much, Esther, for joining us today. It's been such an inspiring and optimistic um, conversation as well for the future and for future generations. But before we completely go, um, can you uh, tell the listeners and the watchers, um, if you're watching us on video right now, um, where they can follow you and where they can find more information about the things that you've talked about today? So um, I have a blog um, post on it's Wajway, www.wajwojway.com. That's one. And I post every other week on that. And um, it gives you, you know, some information about what I'm doing. I also have a website called raisesuccessfulpeople.com. And then also you can follow me on um, LinkedIn and on Facebook and I'm on Twitter, and it's just my first and last name together, Esther Wojcicki at Twitter and Esther Wojcicki at Facebook and so forth. So I would like to just thank you so much for including me and inviting me to be part of this uh, podcast. I'm, I'm honored, and um, I think that, you know, what you're doing and informing all these people, and by the way, Yahoo Finance is one of my favorite places. So thank you for including me on this. Thank you for having you. We're honored to have you and to have you talking about these things. Thank you so much. Yes, it's just been an amazing time and we hope to be in touch, but really honored to have you here. And thank you for all your wisdom and all your passion and everything that you're doing for the world, to be honest. And for all those who are listening or watching, don't forget that you can find videos and articles about this series on the Yahoo Finance UK site. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe to hear more. Thank you.